Talk and Pray for Life and Business, faith-based personal development courses and coaching, tapping into our best life. Hi, I'm Mary Lou Cassida for Talk and Pray, and it took me a while to settle into myself. Do you know the feeling? Capable, ambitious, but wanting more? More impact, more success, more satisfaction? Me too. I've been a mompreneur and now maturepreneur. How do you like that term? (laughs) And I have a lifetime of experience, work, family, love, and loss that combined with the truth of scripture have taught me valuable lessons. I have a passion to share that wisdom with women of faith who want more. Welcome to Talk and Pray for Life and Business. Is there a system for that? When my husband began a new position that required travel to several counties each week, I said, you're going to need a system for that. With administrative duties that would pile up and a required number of county visits each month, I suggested he plan to work in his home office on each Friday. He wasn't sure at first, fearing he'd neglect the people he needed to see if he designated a day every week to be in the office doing paperwork. I get it. Systems seem constricting, especially if you are a creator. What if I'm not feeling inspired? What if doing something the same way over and over destroys my vibe? What if I like reinventing the wheel? Or what about flexibility? Isn't that a premium character trait I need to be successful? I grew up in a very systematic household. My mother had a process for getting things done. She highly valued accomplishment. If she didn't accomplish something every day, she felt like the day was a complete waste. Her work ethic was incredible. At 70 years old, she could work circles around me, and I was 30 years her junior. The week she died, she mowed her own grass with a push mower, half an acre. I'm like, Mom, your 14-year-old grandson is next door, and he can do this for you. He won't do it to suit me, she said. Teach him, I said. No, I'd rather be independent. I'll do it myself. So she mowed her grass on Monday and went home to Jesus on Thursday. She wouldn't have had it any other way. She maintained her independence, and she didn't suffer when she died. A win-win for her. Mom's systems were like clockwork. She awoke the same time every day. She enjoyed easing into her day, so a cup of coffee and quiet time with scripture and prayer at 5 a.m. preceded farm work and housekeeping. Laundry day was Tuesday every single week. She'd put a kettle of pinto beans on the stove to cook all day. They'd cook down and she'd add water a little at a time to keep them from scorching and to keep them rolling so that they were tender and flavorful by supper time. The kitchen was next door to the laundry room, so she kept a steady back and forth from early Tuesday until the laundry was finished that evening. After supper, she'd scrape and stack the dishes and promptly wash them every single meal. No waiting, no sink clutter, no leftovers on the stove or in the oven. She had a system. Laundry was a system. She washed things in a particular order. She didn't have an automatic washer till very late in life. She said her old ringer washer, the kind that has rollers that squeeze excess water out, 
that have threatened many a finger and hand of kids without supervision, (laughs) speaking for a friend, the wringer washer, like Grandma used in the Beverly Hillbillies, washed clothes cleaner because you could agitate them as long as needed. So whites were first, bleached to keep them bright, then lights, then colors, then jeans, then Daddy's diesel mechanic uniforms. She'd let his blues work and work in the washer until they were clean. Then everything was hung on a line, in order, like things together. Socks hung by the toe so the tops wouldn't stretch out. Sheets with corners even. Shirts pinned shoulder to shoulder. Jeans crisply starched. And underwear hidden behind the grapevine so passersby wouldn't see our skivvies. One of her bits of wisdom repeated over and over to my sister and me was, take pride in your laundry. (laughs) It meant do things in order. Do them with excellence. The way you do even the most menial task is an indication of your attention and character. Systematic wisdom that is still a soundtrack in my mind after many decades. I'm convinced that God loves systems. It's in his creative process. Think about how many things he set up with systems. The solar system, ecosystems, weather systems, seasons, and time. Ecclesiastes 3 and Pete Seeger and the Birds in the 1960s reminds us there is a time for every purpose under heaven. In our bodies, he gave us a nervous system, circulatory, digestive, pulmonary, and reproductive systems, all running behind the scenes without our consciousness. A system is defined as a set of things working together, an organized framework or method. The etymology of the word is interesting, originating from the Greek systema, meaning set up with or an organized whole. Not only do we live in systems set up by our Creator, we operate simple systems that we are not even aware of. I put the kitchen scissors in a particular drawer. When I need them, they're in the framework of my kitchen, and I know where to look for them when the need arises. Toilet paper is in the linen closet. When the master bath needs a refill, I don't wander around the house looking for more rolls. I have a system for that. We tend to think about systems in a complicated framework. They don't call my computer an operating system for no reason, right? But success systems don't have to be complex. I implemented three systems that were simple and gave me great results. One is the touch-it-once system. I'm still very much a paper gal. I have paper receipts and scribbled notes and find paper copies easier to read and process than reading from a screen. The system is when I touch a piece of paper, I only touch it one time. If it's a bill, I pay it and file it. If it's an article, I read it and file it with like articles. If it's a sales receipt, I input it in my computer system, file it with that month's receipts, which I total at the end of the month so I don't have to do it again at tax time. You wouldn't believe how much this system reduces clutter on my desk and in my office and how much time it saves me. Another simple system is meal planning on Sunday night. I find out when my husband will be home for lunch and or dinner, and I plan a menu that keeps us on track financially, (laughs) because eating out costs big bucks, and with our weight management. A simple grid of the days of the week, lunch and dinner marked off, and a list of what we're eating. It solves the problem of what's for dinner, and I don't want to cook, and none of that really sounds like something I want to eat, syndromes. 
The third is that I removed social media apps from my phone. My screen time decreased by 80% the first week without easy access to the apps. I was super productive without the constant distraction of scrolling and commenting. There's just one little problem with these awesome systems. I stopped doing them. (laughs) Why? 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 Why do we stop doing the things that work? Well, one... Our brains lie to us. Lie. They lie. They are the king of lies. (laughs) We cannot trust the brain to give us the best information about systems. Did you know that brain science reveals that our brain is always looking for ways to conserve energy? Something may come out of the woodwork and eat you. So best conserve all the energy you can in case you need it to survive. This is the reason habits are so powerful. The brain literally looks for ways to not think. Thinking requires energy. So I'm assuming that one very busy day, my brain said, you don't have time to input that sales ticket. It'll take forever and you need to focus on something else. The input and filing would have taken less than a minute, but my brain balked probably because I was feeling stressed about a project or deadline, but there was time. Boom! Return to the former system, and my touch-it-once system experienced systemic failure. The second reason we stop doing things that work, I forgot. Oh boy, if you have kids, you know the deep level of irritation that little sentence brings with it. But if I haven't allowed enough time to embed or imprint the new system or habit, I will default to the old way of doing things. I have a file box in the corner behind my desk. For the touch it once system, I should have removed that old box because it was the previous way of doing things. You know, slinging the paper or the bill into the to-be-filed pile. But I forgot for a hot minute, and slinging paper over my shoulder was quick, easy, brainless, And now I have a pile to file that will take longer than a minute. And my new social media system, I forgot. I wanted to avoid scrolling. I could still get there through my browser. And eventually I started accessing it there without the app. Funny how quickly we fall back into the old patterns. The third reason we default on systems that work... Well, for me, it's just that I'm not good at delayed gratification. There, I said it out loud. It's difficult to convince me that a new system is better, particularly if I won't feel those benefits for a while. My filing? Well, come March, when I start working on taxes, I will remember why I needed the touch at once. My food? 10 pounds on the scale and a where-did-the-money-go conversation with my husband and I will realize the error of my ways and will wish I'd done more meal planning. Hours gone with social media scrolls and I realize how much I could have accomplished if I'd stuck to my system. The ability to delay gratification is a secret sauce for success systems. When the church at Corinth was experiencing chaos in worship, the Apostle Paul wrote to them with a systematic way they could worship together and build the church. Too much going on, he said, and unbelievers will bail. Can you imagine? People would be like, we like your Jesus, but y'all are a hot mess up in here. Paul concludes his advice to them with, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. 1 Corinthians 14.40 
wise advice. If God and the Apostle Paul love systems, I suspect we should too. We're quick to say, I'm not that organized, but organization is a skill that can be cultivated. Look for things you do over and over. How can you systemize them so they are done routinely, on time, without piling up or procrastination? Do you have tasks that are irritating? Could they be part of a system? Is there an easier way without reinventing the wheel every time? How can you reinforce the activity when the reward for doing it is delayed? Are you constantly looking for something? A favorite pen, a note to self, the scissors, a book you want to finish? These are places systems will serve you and give you more time for creativity and productivity. Then, have I given a new system time enough for my brain to recognize it's here to stay and Brainy doesn't have to think about it anymore? After decades of showering, I always, always dry my face first, then my arms, then my legs and feet before I step onto the rug outside the shower. I started that way to keep from getting the rug and the floor so wet. Now I don't think about it. I just do it. Ecclesiastes 10.10 says, If the axe is dull and its edge unsharpened, more strength is needed, but skill will bring success. That's what systems bring to the table. Skill for getting things done, for delaying gratification, for remembering the value of doing it regularly and doing it now. What system can you implement or re-implement today? Father, I've only to look up to see your beautiful system of creation. Stars and planets, sun and clouds, the whisper of wind through the trees. Thank you for being steadfast and for the laws of nature and science that you control completely with your systems. Show me ways I can be more faithful to systems that make work easier and ways I can be better organized so that I can serve you well. The precious time I waste by looking for things or reinventing the wheel could be spent creating and being a blessing to others. Help me work in a fitting and orderly way for my good and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to Talk and Pray for Life and Business. To learn more about the podcast and to get today's transcript, notes, and other content, go to talkandpray.us podcast. Join me every Tuesday for more Talk and Pray. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and leave a positive review if you'd like to hear more content like this. This Talk and Pray podcast is sponsored by Talk and Pray for Life and Business, faith-based personal development courses and coaching. Music is In the Field by Audionautics.com. Look for Talk and Pray on Facebook and Instagram.